What is going on, guys? Welcome to the first official episode of the Keel Pro Dynasty Show. I'm your host, Caleb, and with me today, I have a special guest, a two-time Web.com Dynasty champion, Web.com Dynasty podcast host, and the founder, or one of the co-founders of Scouts Elite, the one and only Austin Korf, a.k.a. Mingo Fresh. How are we doing, Mingo? I am doing incredible. It is amazing to be your first guest. It is an honor of which I have never received before. So this is this is a big moment for me. Well, it's a big moment for both of us, I guess. And <laughs> it's great to have you on. Who better to have on my first podcast than one of the people that helps inspire me to do this kind of content. So I'm sure we'll have you on as a recurring guest in the future. But Let's hop right into it. We're going to go through signings, releases, and the rumor mail. So, so touch on some subjects like Big Ben being re-signed, Kyle Rudolph being released, and the Dolphins are probably looking for a feature back. But we'll start today with J.J. Watt signing a two-year, $31 million deal with the Arizona Cardinals. I know I was pretty shocked when I heard the news. What was your take on it? Pretty big deal for IDP purposes and just the NFL landscape. Yeah, it was definitely shocking. It didn't seem like the Cardinals were really among the teams that were in on him, that at least what was being reported. So, I mean, seeing that was kind of a shock. But I think in the end, it makes sense for them. I, I think it helps them. And uh, I think it's good for him, too, because I think, I mean, we're seeing what's going on in Houston. I feel like everybody there just wants a change and, and JJ is at the top of that list. So I think this, the change will be good for him. And I like the fit on the defense with Arizona. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy to see him in Arizona. Uh, it opens a, a couple years of a window here for him to put up good numbers. He was solid last year, not great game breaking like he used to be, but was still a top 10 asset on the defensive line in IDP one, two, three scoring. Doesn't quite have the sack numbers he used to, but he finds ways to contribute in other ways. And I think this also gives a slight bump to other IDP assets on the Cardinals, like Isaiah Simmons, Honey Badger, Buda Baker. You add a guy like JJ Watt, who's a playmaker, a leader. And I feel like it just raises the, the ceiling on other guys. And of course, Chandler Jones, I think it's the biggest boost here. Uh, he was sort of forgotten about last season. He had a slow start to the year, and then he tore his it was peck, I believe. So that's a guy who gets a nice boost. You've got two Hall of future Hall of Famers on each side of the defensive line, which is good to, for Arizona. Yeah, they're I, I like it a lot for for Chandler Jones. I mean, you know, Watt and Jones are both two guys who are getting up there, getting towards the end of their careers. But I think. Playing together is going to help both of them, and like you said, I think a lot of the young pieces in that defense are going to benefit indirectly from the added pass rush that they're getting with Watt. I mean, obviously you're not expecting him to be what he once was as a pass rusher, but I mean, considering how long uh, the Cardinals have been searching for an option, you know, on the other side of Jones, I think... It's going to open up a lot of things. And I mean, yeah, Isaiah Simmons to me is one of the main beneficiaries of this. Sure. Yeah. Good points there. Yeah. You said they're a little bit older, both 31 years old, but the production they've put up over their careers, I, I think I added up their sacks, 198 sacks combined, just absurd. So that'll definitely be fun to watch the next couple of years in Arizona. 
On to the next deal, we've got Big Ben re-signing through 2021 with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, was a big cap space relief, and this works in a couple ways, I think. You know, obviously Big Ben was inconsistent last year, but also affects the receivers there. What are your thoughts on Big Ben coming back in Pittsburgh? I think Big Ben is done. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it makes sense for them to get, you know, they're not really in a position to add somebody who's going to be able to step in to replace him yet. So, you know, you get this sort of a deal, um, you know, you free up some cap space, which they needed to do, and you kind of allow yourself to extend this, you know, window while you're searching for the air to Big Ben. So I don't think that, you know, the 2021 outlook for, for Ben is going to be much better than it was in 2020. Um, but, you know, I think, we, you know, we've seen that he likes Deontay Johnson a lot. And so obviously, you know, they have that chemistry already. I think Johnson owners are, are happy with this move. Yeah. I'd say Deontay Johnson, he, he doesn't, it's not necessarily a boost, but it's better than if they would have had to start Mason Rudolph. I mean, they really didn't have any other options. So Good for Deontay to get those targets. He was obviously a little inconsistent last year, mostly because of the injuries and the drops. But when he was healthy and, and he could figure out, he looked good. Uh, and we still don't know if, if Juju's coming back. Chase Claypool had a really good rookie season. Do you think maybe he'll still be able to keep it up? I don't know, because it'll be interesting. Because Big Ben, it seems like he's lost the velocity on that deep ball and everything. And I I don't see it getting better this season. Yeah, Claypool's interesting for me because I think as Ben declines, and I mean, you know, Claypool had some inconsistencies, as did the rest of that receiving yeah. group. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a question mark going into the year. Um, not really sure what you're expecting out of him this year, but uh, yeah, I, ah, man, I Ben just it worries me because the arm strength, like you said, it it's not there anymore, and I think he's gonna struggle pushing the ball down the field, which is where Claypool excels, and why you know you're you're feeling much better with Johnson, I think, right now. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you there. Um, and we'll see. Maybe is this Big Ben's last year? Possibly. Could be. I and in Dynasty, if you're starting. He, he could be a spot starter some weeks for you, but if you're leaning on Big Ben for any sort of production, you're in a bad place. Go get a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> okay, on to the next deal. Um, a smaller one here. We'll sort of turn it into a bigger talk, but Tyrell Williams, a one-year $6.2 million deal with the Lions. They're a weird team right now because pretty much every wide receiver they had coming into the season uh, doesn't have a contract except Quintez Cephas. Kenny Galladay, there's been rumors he gets franchise franchise tag, doesn't get franchise tag, and now they bring in Tyrell Williams. Uh, first of all, what do you think of Tyrell Williams? Does he bring any upside, or is this just sort of a filler move for Detroit? Uh, it seems to me like a filler move. They're clearly in a transitional phase right now, and we don't really know what the offense is going to look like with Jared Goff. So, I mean, to me, it's it's not a guy that you're actively seeking out, you know, this isn't a value bump to him where, you know, you think you can get some value with him. I mean, he could be, 
I mean, depending on what they do with the other receivers there, I mean, he could be the number one target, but I don't even think that that really means a whole lot <laughs> in this offense. So it would not be a player that I'd be inquiring about. Yeah, he seems like a guy you've probably just been holding on your roster, waiting to see what happened, and now he's an alliance and you have to hold him a little longer. And yeah. maybe there's flex upside just because there might not be other options there, but... I don't know. Would you rather? I did a Twitter poll the other day on whether you would own rather own Quintez Cephas or Tyrell Williams in Dynasty. Uh, uh, Quintez Cephas eventually won the poll, but only by 50. It was 57 percent, 43. Do you have any takes on Cephas or do you think it's pretty cut and dry? I would have expected it to be much more favorable for Cephas. I mean, sure. I don't necessarily love Cephas as a, you know, I don't think he's going to become a a wide receiver two or anything like that, but there is upside there with him. Whereas Tyrell Williams, what you see is what you get. I mean, this is the player that he's been and, you know, there was some hype for him in Oakland that never really materialized. And I just, you know, if I'm, if I'm going out to to grab a player, I'm going to take one that has some upside left in the tank, which is definitely Cephas at this point. Yeah, he was an interesting player coming out of college. Uh, I kind of liked his tape at Wisconsin. He ran a really slow 40, and that dropped him off a lot of people's radar. I think he's a solid stash if you can if you can find the roster spot for him. I mean, the opportunity might be there, and obviously having Jared Goff at quarterback, not ideal for, for anyone involved. But, yeah, Cephas, if you if you want to make a – you could try to future fourth if you just want to take a shot. I mean, you're taking a shot in the dark anyway with a fourth. Uh yeah, yeah, he's it was kind of encouraging to see him make some big plays last season yeah. considering how deep they were at receiver. I think that is something that, you know, you can look at that and say, you know, as the wide receiver room opens up a little bit, those opportunities are going to become more and more and I mean, it could be a player that sees a big value spike this year I wouldn't bet on that happening but it would be a guy that I'd be you know willing to throw a late pick at to see how it goes sure and the guy that's kind of kind of sort all this out is Kenny Galladay whether the Lions it doesn't sound like they're going to be committing to a long-year deal but the franchise tag is possible if you're a Kenny Galladay owner in Dynasty are you holding and hoping he goes somewhere else are you okay with him staying What, what what should you do with him right now I think you have to hold right now because um, I don't think any other owners are going to be willing to work with you. I mean, we're all kind of on a wait and see approach right now because, I mean, there's a there's a very wide range of outcomes for Kenny Galladay because, I mean, if they tag him, I'm not feeling great about it. He could go somewhere with on big money where he's going to be the number one guy and suddenly, you know, that's a premier asset potentially going into the season. So I think the range is just too wide right now where you're not really going to be able to put a proper value on him. So I would just hold and just, you know, kind of take the risk that if they do tag him, then, you know, you kind of. You kind of got screwed a little bit, but I, I don't think it's worth potentially losing out on what he could be. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. He had a kind of a disappointing year last year. When he played, he was good, but he had he was sort of the Joel Mixon of the receivers where he got hurt and it was like, all right, when is he coming back? And then he never came back. So 
Obviously, I as a Galladay owner, I hope he doesn't go back to the Lions. I hope he signs somewhere for big and becomes a focal point of an offense. But that's pretty up in the air. And even if he, if he goes back to Detroit, like I guess it is what it is. I mean, he's a contested catch guy, so maybe if Goff is throwing up some ugly balls, he can still come down with that. But it's just not as nice as him possibly being somewhere else. Got a breaking news story here. If you want to oh, break it on oh, the podcast, news. let's do just it. What got happened? a uh, just got a notification. Cowboys have a long-term deal with Dak Prescott. Oh my gosh! So no it's, way. It's, it's over. He's okay. gonna be a cowboy. This is move everything back. All right, <laughs> Dak Prescott. Okay, this is <laughs> this is huge. Um, obviously don't know the exact details, but Dak at least in in super flex or anything. He's a high ceiling guy. We saw what he did before he got hurt this season. And if he's coming back into that offense and that, that ankle is all right, or that leg, whatever the whole situation was there, if he's all right, that is huge. And to to have a firm spot where he's going to be that, I mean, that's a big for his value. Well, and I mean, we've been waiting for so long for, for this to happen. Yeah. You know, it, it seemed inevitable, but yet, because it wasn't happening and then coupled with the injury, all of a sudden it seemed like there was a doorway where they weren't going to get this deal done. And I think now it just finally solidifies like, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have Zeke for, you know, a couple more years of, of top production there and the receiving core. I mean, CD lamb is, you know, poised to kind of take the step forward to be Dak's number one guy, I think here. And, I mean, so it, it's huge for him and the rest of that offense for sure. Yeah, definitely. The upside of, of the Cowboys receivers, even Zeke, you saw how the numbers dropped off drastically after he got hurt. Zeke did not play well. So I think this is big for Zeke owners for sure. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I, it's just finally we see the Cowboys committing to him long term. It's been this ongoing thing for years, and it's nice to finally see him getting paid, especially after that gruesome injury that happened. Yeah, it's it's great to see them commit to him and pay him what he deserves, and especially after the injury there. But um, yeah, I mean, for if, if you were a Zeke owner that was panicking after last season and you know trying to sell during the off season here, I think now is your moment to just breathe take a step back and remember that you have one of the best running backs in the league. So, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, tough to follow that one up. And this, this <laughs> next one isn't as big, but Justin Simmons, defensive back Denver Broncos got the franchise tag. He's sort of been an under the radar DB. I feel like in Denver, the past couple seasons, he's been a top 10 scorer. Um, I don't know if you have any big takes on him. I, it's going to be the same production. I feel like going into next year on the tag, but yeah, he, he's a super underrated guy. I think that, you know, he has been able to very quietly been, be one of the top DB assets. And uh, I think, you know, this news of, of him coming back, I mean, there's no question marks for the 2021 season. He's going to be in the same role with the same team. And I think, um, you know, he, he is a guy that if you need help in that spot, you can maybe take advantage of somebody who doesn't necessarily know what they have there. Um, because yeah, I, I think he's been one of the most underrated pieces there. And, you know, I, I was an owner of him and 
I haven't really ever recovered from losing him. So <laughs> I was also an owner of him, and I was same thing. The thing with him, why he's underrated, I feel like, is he just he doesn't get a lot of tackle numbers, and I feel like you're always looking for these DBs that stuff the tackle sheet because it's so hard to find plays. But what he does in coverage, he makes that up for that with like the pass defense and the interceptions. He's more of that playmaker in the back that make him a consistent asset. And there's a player at I think coming up that could be the next sort of Justin Simmons type. And I think that's Darnell Savage where this season he didn't get a ton of tackle work or tackle for loss sacks or anything really, but the passes defended and the interceptions, as long as you're playing with those scoring where, where pass defense um, get a nice little boost, he'll be that kind of guy where he, he was a playmaker and can be a potential top 10 IDP DB asset in my eyes. Yeah, Savage is a guy I'd be looking to get in on um, as soon as possible because I think this next season is going to be his true coming out party. I think we saw it a little bit already last year, but uh, year three is going to be where he really takes off. And yeah, I, I agree. I think that depending on what your scoring is exactly, I mean, the tackle guys are obviously a nice, safe, play and those are the guys that you're going to be looking to grab you know more often than not but there are those players where you can rely on them to make plays and to you know get get you those points in other ways and i think that uh you know guys like savage and simmons are a little bit underrated in that regard where you know guys are looking at the tackle numbers but um, you got to look at the points, the total points and i mean simmons is a guy who you can count on week to week to give you a healthy total yeah, if you were able to get on him earlier in the season, the first seven games, he didn't really do much. But we've, as Packer fans, we saw it. The second half of the season, he just came alive. And he, he doubled his points per game output in IDP. He had double-digit pass defense, four interception. I mean, he was just electric out there. So, yeah, if you if you can still get Savage while you can, try. But if if the, the Savage owner knows what's coming, I, I would say hold on to that guy and just let him. Let them grow. Um, on to the releases. So here, there's some interesting ones here. Not necessarily the players that were dropped, but the players that are affected by the releases. So we'll start here with Kyle Rudolph being released by the Minnesota Vikings after 10 seasons. And obviously this is big for is Irv Smith. There's like a cult following of stands of Irv Smith that have been waiting for this moment for a few years. And it was like Christmas day when, when Rudolph got released. And obviously it's a nice bump for his value. Might, might get a little more target share. What are your thoughts on Irv Smith going forward here? Yeah. I mean, this is, we're in a position here in dynasty and where you're not really sure what the tight end position is giving you past the top few guys and i think that there is potential for a new wave of tight ends over the next few years guys like irv smith i mean he's he's only 22 years old i mean it is it's almost insane to think about that where he really hasn't even begun to scratch the surface of his potential and now he's going to have an opportunity to you know most likely get the starting job and, you know, become a major factor in that passing game uh, alongside Jefferson and Thielen. So um, I don't think he's a guy that I'd be, you know, 
selling the farm for and trying to bring him in with that sort of expectation that he's going to be a top five guy in 2021. But uh, if you can get him for, you know, a second, absolutely, 100% pull the trigger, I would. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for people to go out and buy him because if, if you've had Irv Smith, you've been holding on and waiting for this to happen. So now you're probably going to have to overpay to go buy him. And then just that you have to decide whether it's worth it or not. Like you said, he's still only 22. He's entering year three where we see tight ends usually start to break out. And we saw a little glimpse of what maybe we'd see. Rudolph was in, inactive for the final four games of 2020, and he scored three touchdowns over that stretch. Um, still didn't get a huge target bump. Mo- I mean, it, Rudolph really wasn't a major, really wasn't a part of that offense to to say the least. So I don't think he's getting a massive target bump or anything. But I think the the upside is still there. And it, if he's more of like going into the season more of a focal point in that offense, yeah, I definitely, if you're able to get him um, for, with like a late second, mid second, I'd say go for it. But um, it's so hard with the tight end position. I mean, you never know. This is a guy that's never. He's never eclipsed 70 yards in a game before. Like, are you, are you betting? Like, you're, you're putting all your chips in and hoping this is your tight end of the future. Yeah. And I think, I mean, tight ends are a pretty good example, I think, of how you're kind of weighing the options, weighing all the outcomes when you're investing into a player, because we've seen how long it takes tight ends to develop. But once they finally get to that window, and start to show what they can really be. Suddenly, you you know you have this massive value spike because of how scarce the position is. So, I feel like you know it's I'm personally okay with if you really believe in a tight end to go out and get him before that happens. Sure. Uh, because you know you're you're just gonna be increasing that value so much if it if it works out. So. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to, you know, throw a little bit at one of these young guys who seems like they're right about the time where they're going to break out. Good points. And how about another tight end that might be getting a little boost, just like Irv Smith was? The Saints cut Jared Cook and Josh Hill, both their tight ends, and that means Adam Troutman is all of a sudden looking like the lead guy there in New Orleans. This sort of feels like a discount Irv Smith but what are your thoughts on on Troutman possibly having the re- lead role there in New Orleans? Well, it's funny because Troutman is two years older than Herb Smith <laughs> going into his second season. So yeah. I mean, that just kind of goes to show you how you know young Herb Smith is yet. But I, I like it for Troutman a lot. I mean, I think they invested pretty decent capital into him in the third round and. Um, you know, moving on from Jared Cook is going to open up a pretty significant portion of that passing game. And, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily expect big production out of Troutman this year, but I think you're going to see him on the field more and that's going to give him a chance to develop and to kind of, you know, figure it out a little bit more. He didn't get a ton of action his rookie season, as you could probably expect. So, I think this will be a nice year to, you know, maybe go out kind of like Irv Smith, but at a cheaper price, you can grab this guy. You're not, if as long as you're not counting on him for 2021, you could be buying him at a super low point. And, you know, in two or three years, you might hit a gold mine with him. 
Yeah, I'd say, what do you think? Like a third round pick, maybe a, a fair price for Troutman right now? Yeah, third. I would be willing to probably do a high third for him. Okay, yeah. And like I said, yeah, it's sort of like a, a discount Irv Smith. This is, it'll be interesting what the quarterback situation is in New Orleans, what his targets are going to look like. Jared Cook, that's probably the nail in the coffin in his fantasy career. The Saints were just sort of keeping him afloat there, but... Definitely, I would agree. I wouldn't want to come into this season as with Troutman as my starting tight end, but as a as a nice second guy there who to to bud and grow behind. I think definitely a guy you could pick up. And on to the rumor mill. There's some very interesting stories here. We're gonna start off with the Miami Dolphins and how they reportedly want to bring in a feature back. Uh, for Miles Gaskin owners, this might be a little scary. And uh, what are your thoughts, Mingo? Well, I think if you were a Miles Gaskin owner and you had the impression that you were going to be going into 2021 and beyond with a feature guy, a you know, a high-end RB2, I think you were probably looking through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> yeah. Because it didn't I mean, it seemed like they were invested in him last year, but I don't think it was ever the kind of guy who was going to become their their lead back and going into this new offense that they're trying to build. And so, I mean, if you're a Gaskin owner, there's not, if you can find somebody who hasn't caught up yet, you know, (laughs) by all means, I would, I would be looking to sell, but you know, if you, if you're working with smart owners who know what's going on here, you, you have to hold them and just see, uh, what the Dolphins end up doing, which I, I would be shocked if they didn't bring in somebody through the draft or free agency, but uh, you can't sell him for, you know, lower than what he could potentially be in 2021. Yeah, the writing was on the wall sort of as the season was concluding. concluding. I mean, he was still a league, a league winner for some people, and you knew what you were getting through the end of the season, but the future was always pretty... Um, not it was pretty up in the air, and with with the cap space the Dolphins have, all the draft picks they have, I'd agree. I'd be shocked if they don't go out and get another running back. And one of the running backs that has been linked to the Dolphins is one Aaron Jones. And uh, if you're an Aaron Jones owner and he went to the Miami Dolphins, I feel like that would be a great landing spot for him. I don't know if he'd really lose much, if any, value going to that Miami offense. Uh, what would you think about that move? Yeah, I would love that for him. I think there are a handful of spots that I could see him going that would either keep him right where he is or maybe even boost his value. And I think the Dolphins are probably at the top of that list because I think, you know, if if we can count on Tua to take a step forward in year two and for that team to kind of continue to gel together, I think Aaron Jones is going to be a big way that they get that offense up and running if he were to sign there. So I think they would be leaning on him heavily. We saw how they leaned on Miles Gaskin, um, a guy who, you know, even getting banged up down the stretch, he comes back, they're still feeding him. So they, Brian Flores clearly doesn't, you know, take any issue with feeding a guy in the backfield. And I think Aaron Jones would just have monster numbers there. Yeah, we saw what Gaskin did in that offense, and no disrespect to him, but Aaron Jones in that role, oh my goodness, that would be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, another running back story we have in the rumor mill, James Conner, unlikely to be re-signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is another one you probably saw coming, and 
honestly, if you weren't trying to sell him this past season, you were doing yourself a disservice because the you're pretty much running out of time here. I think you're two years late on Connor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you if if you still held him after 2019 and you weren't able to get anything in his injury riddled 2020, then yeah, you're probably just out of luck at this point. Um, the writing has been on the wall for for quite a while. It seemed like with Connor, and especially after they invested in the position in the draft last year, I think everybody kind of could put two and two together and, and see what direction they were moving. Yeah. An unfortunate career for him really. Uh, in 2017, he was the number seven scoring running back with three games missed. And that was sort of the, the peak of him. And everyone's like, wow, maybe he's actually a thing, but never played a full season. It, it, I don't know who's going to pay this guy when you know, it's not a matter of if he misses games or it's just how many, so this was just a, the perfect spot for him to to be as a fantasy player and I don't I don't know anywhere else where he could really be a successful back honestly. Yeah. We've seen I mean we've seen so many running backs that have just these tiny windows where they have big production but that's really all they have in the tank. And I think for Connor he's one of those guys who you got to reap the benefits for a few years with him but he wasn't a guy that you you know, could see going into a, a, a new contract somewhere and, and being super successful. So, um, yeah, I think you just kind of take what you get with him and now it's probably over. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see what they do with the running back position. A uh, little teaser here. I, I've got a guy I'd like to see them take a running back in the draft. So I'll tease that for later. We'll talk about him later for you Steelers fans and fantasy people, but on to the next story. This is obviously a huge one. The Seattle Seahawks have been answering calls on Russell Wilson. Are you are you buying that this is a thing that might happen, or is this just sort of a a wild rumor that's spreading? I I'm buying it, full on buying it. Um, we have seen the quarterback market in the NFL completely turned on its head this off season. I think quarterbacks. Uh, rightfully so are starting to recognize their worth and they're able to say, you know, if like a guy like Watson where clearly that team is, is moving in no direction and he is in, you know, one of the top guys in the league, I think it's okay for him to, to say that. And I think same thing with Russell Wilson. I mean, if he feels as though the window in Seattle is closing seems like there's a disconnection between him and the coaching staff now. And I think, you know, he, I really do think that he's serious and that they are actively looking at deals for him. Yeah. This is just another thing to add to the wild QB carousel of, of 2021. And yeah, it seems like there's a disconnect there. Um, they haven't really been investing in the offensive line, which has really been hurting Russ a lot. I think that's a big part of it. Uh, the team in general just has been a little disappointing, falling flat the past couple of years. So, and and if this happens, this would be a big time effect on guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, especially Tyler Lockett, who feeds off those deep balls from Russell Wilson. Um, 
I don't know who else they'd be bringing in in this deal where they try to raid Russell Wilson. It's it's a downgrade no matter who they get, I have to believe. Yeah, that's that's the part of the puzzle that doesn't really make sense is I don't know what their solution would be moving forward without him. It seems like the Bears are the most likely scenario or at least the most talked about scenario. So, I mean, in that situation, maybe you get Nick Foles back and, you know, kind of use him as a bridge quarterback for a couple of years but i mean nick Foles is obviously gonna be a huge downgrade so (laughs) i wouldn't be wouldn't be super happy especially as a dk owner right now i think you're kind of running high after 2020 and this would be a massive blow yeah definitely and this will be an interesting story to monitor these next few weeks um maybe through the off season here Another trade rumor we have here, Zach Ertz. Um, there was rumors about him, I feel like, being released and such. There's been a lot of a lot of stuff going on with Ertz, and this would obviously be big for Dallas Goder, I think. Um, I, I, What do you think about this one? I, Ertz, Zach Ertz has pretty much been it's, falling off. <laughs> this, is, this is another one where the writing has been on the wall. We've, you know, it, it's kind of crazy how quickly Ertz went from elite tight end asset to just not being a thing at all anymore. Um, But yeah, I I think it's been inevitable that Godert was going to take over there. I mean, prime example of a tight end where you're just kind of letting him simmer and letting him develop. And suddenly now, I mean, we've seen it over the last couple of years already in limited snaps, how, how good he's looked. They're ready to, to go with him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really know what Ertz, what the value looks like moving forward. It certainly would not be a player that I'd be trying to buy low on. I don't really feel comfortable with really any situation that he goes to at this point. I feel like you're, much better off using any sort of capital that you'd be trading for him, trying to get somebody with more upside for, you know, with potentially the same production. Yeah. It's, it's starting to feel like maybe end up being like a Jimmy Graham thing where you're going to be like, yeah, you might be able to start him a few weeks out of the year, but he's, he's no longer like that every week startable asset and big, big, big news for Dallas Goddard owners. Um, he's a guy I've liked for a while. haven't been able to get it on him anywhere, but if you're able to, it looks like he's, he's going to be in that role. And even if it is Jalen hurts, I think he's got the talent to put up numbers. There have been a few mock drafts I've seen, however, where Kyle Pitts goes to the Eagles. So that that's the only thing that would maybe make me a little scared, but you never know what happens in the draft. I don't know about that. I feel like they have a lot. Of, there's going to be a quarterback sitting there at six. I've been hearing some Eagles fans clamoring for. Uh, oh my god! You know, they're already done with Hurts. They're ready for a potentially elite weapon there at the quarterback position. Yeah, I suppose we could touch on Jalen Hurts because he's always a hot topic. He he had a couple big games in there, but are are you buying selling Jalen Hurts or is he just? I don't know, is he a hold? I'm 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 certainly not buying him because (laughs) I don't, you know, there is a realistic chance that they do go quarterback in the draft. I mean, we, uh, it it has been mocked to them a few different places. I've seen a few different guys going in that spot to them. And I mean, uh, with the new coaching staff and uh, 
clearly some serious turnover there. I would not be shocked at all if they wanted to just completely start from the ground up and bring in their guy. Um, so I'm definitely not buying him. And I guess that means that if anybody is interested and I'm a Jalen Hurts owner, I'm I'm trying to get as much as I can out of him. Yeah, he's probably he's definitely not a buy. He's a hold or a sell. Um, you know, he had the sort of rushing upside to his game, but it seems like they're just going to make some wholesale changes there. And if they do go, go quarterback, he's he has no value. So, yeah. um, a heck of a ride with Jalen Hurts. Maybe it'll continue <laughs> in 2021. But uh, one final note here, not a very big story, but the Bills are intense on adding a tight end this off season, and this. This is just bad news if you've been trying to if you've been hopeful with Dawson Knox. Mingo, I know you were a Dawson Knox guy sort of uh in the beginning. Where are you at with this guy now? I mean, it's I'm not ready to write him off until a move is made. I mean, I think he does still have upside. He's still young. Um obviously tight end position, we've talked about it. And in that offense, after seeing you know Josh Allen take the step forward, I think anybody who fills this spot, this starting tight end spot for the Bills, I think is going to get a significant value spike. Um, and so, I mean, there's, there's, you know, you, you could see a guy like Zach Ertz potentially even going to Buffalo, Ooh, maybe. um, which in that case, then, okay, yeah. maybe he does have a little bit of value, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I think right now I'm, if I, I'm, I mean, obviously I'm, if I'm a Knox owner, I'm holding, there's no reason to, to panic. And I don't think anybody's really going to be, you know, offering you too much anyway. So you're kind of just holding and waiting and seeing what they end up doing. Yeah, I I'm probably would be out on Knox. I'd be okay to sell him for what you can get. The Really, the only thing he has going for him right now is being in that Bills offense that throws so much. Um, and hearing that they, they want to add tight end, another tight end in that, doesn't really speak great to Knox. I mean, it couldn't be false, but he's, he showed some flashes, but he was super inconsistent this season. He had a lot of drops. I just... I just don't see him becoming anything more than like a, a decent fill in tight end at in fantasy. I don't know. Yeah. I can't imagine anybody paying more than a fourth for him at yeah. this point. So, I mean, unless you have the biggest Dawson Knox fan in the world in your league, um, to me, a fourth for him, I I'm okay with holding there just to, you know, kind of lean on that upside potential a little bit there. But I mean, if you're, I wouldn't hate getting a fourth back for him and, and just kind of dipping out. Sure. So I'll let a tight end talk today. Uh, interesting to see how the landscape's possibly changing here. We'll hop into the last segment here. I teased it earlier, a running back that we could see going to the Pittsburgh Steelers, a guy that I'd like to see go there. Oklahoma running back Ramondre Stevenson. This is a guy that started to grow on me late in the process. Um, He's interesting because I think he weighed in at like six foot two forty. At least that that's what he was listed at. But he weighed in at the Senior Bowl at five eleven two twenty seven. So either there was a big discrepancy there, or he's been trying to cut some weight, possibly to help the the speed. But what I saw on tape, he's a, obviously a big bruising back. He's got good contact balance, and the things I like about him is for a guy his size, he's got quick feet nimble feet and he's got soft hands so um he's in the tier of running backs with a guy like michael carter maybe kenneth gain well where 
I'm not sure if they're, they're a starter right away, but they have the potential to possibly take over a backfield. And as much as I'd love to see a guy like Najee Harris in Pittsburgh, I feel like they have much bigger things to address. So grabbing a guy like Ramondre Stevenson and maybe the third or fourth, I think he'd be a good fit in Pittsburgh as you know, when it gets cold or late in the weir- year where he can just be pounding it. Yeah. The thing with the fit with the Steelers is I don't, I don't necessarily see much with Stevenson that you're not already getting with Anthony McFarland, who you already invested capital into last year. I th- and I think Stevenson is an early day three pick. I mean, that feels right about fourth round. Um, so, I mean, I, I like him. He, he's a bruiser, definitely a bruiser um, runs with, with power, but I think he does get, you know, for, for a guy who's big, he doesn't necessarily break a lot of tackles. He likes to put his head down and get into people, but he doesn't really go anywhere when he does that. Loves sure. using the stiff arm. That's that's like his weapon of choice. But um, I'm interested to see, you know, what he's going to clock in at in terms of speed-wise because he's not a fast guy. He is quick, but he's certainly not fast. And I think... Uh, cutting a little bit of weight is is probably going to serve him well if he's trying to add a little bit more explosiveness with his power. Um, so that would definitely be interesting if he could run a you know a low four five. Um, that's yeah. that's pretty interesting at his size. So um, yeah, I I I think uh, he has potential to be a nice complementary piece, but I don't think he's ever gonna you know be be an RB one or, you know, high end RB two or something like that. Sure. sure. What I envisioned was basically Ramondre as a thunder and Anthony McFarland as the lightning. Okay. Inter- get behind inter- that. Interested. Cause I know we were Anthony McFarland guys uh, coming into this year. He didn't really do a whole lot. Um, basically the problem with him in college was he, he same thing in the NFL. He, like it hasn't slowed down for him. He's just so a hundred percent all the time where he's not being patient for things to open up, but he's explosive. And I've got a, I've got a fun little nugget here. Um, so the Steelers have a new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada. And in 2018, when uh, Anthony McFarlane went for over a thousand yards and averaged um, almost eight yards a carry, Matt Canada was the offensive coordinator there. So that's a little nice little nugget there. So, you know, Canada knows how to utilize this guy and it makes you wonder maybe there's still an outside shot of McFarland being that guy. I mean, it was a slow rookie year, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I liked McFarland a lot, and I liked the fit. I think, like I said before, Connor was on the way out. You knew that that job was going to open up, likely going into this next season. So I think the slow rookie year was expected. I didn't really expect him to get a ton of work. Um, obviously Benny Snell was there as well. So they did have some guys that were getting touches. So, um, but I, I do expect him to take a a step forward here in year two. And I think they are going to utilize him. Um, and you know, I, I do kind of like that though, with the, the Stevenson McFarland kind of, you know, capitalizing on each other's strengths. I think, you know, where Stevenson is going to be a a bowling ball who can, you know, kind of, be shifty and, and find his way through holes. I mean, McFarland can break one at any time. 
And I think, uh, yeah, I'm you're you're warming me up to that a little bit. Ah, all right. I'm glad I could convince you over <laughs> this side. But all right, that'll do it for this week. A lot of fun stories, interesting uh, talk discussion here. I feel like you gave us a lot of good insight, Mingo. And uh, it's great to have you on the first pod. You got anything left you want to say or just stand on the soapbox? Uh, it, well, yeah, I'd like to say that I, I love what you're doing here. I think this oh. is this is awesome, and I, I'm honored to be your first guest. It was a real pleasure. Had a lot of fun. Looking forward to to hearing the the rest of the Keel Pro Dynasty show. Yeah, we got a, a list of guests now that want to come on the show. All of a sudden, it's a hot commodity. So oh, yeah. When you look in the history books, though, Mingo will always go down as the first one. Exclusive and... list, and I'm right <laughs> at the top. Lifetime membership. I'm I'm sure I'll have you back on for once the draft gets closer to talk, have a little prospect talk. But as always, a pleasure. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you the same time. Actually, I don't even know if it'll be the same time. <laughs> we'll we'll catch you sometime next week. Thanks everyone for watching. Catch you later. Hey, okay, like damn. Used to have no followers, now I got hella stands. Used to be so bumping, now I'm counting all these bands. Standing on the ground, following the plan. Been making all the songs. I do this for all my fam.